and welcome back to the More Money Podcast. This is your host, Jessica Morehouse, and this is episode 373 and the final episode of season 16 of the show. This is your official, official, official season finale episode. And oh my gosh, I can't believe we're here already. But hey, you know, we got to take a little break for the summer. And uh, I wanted to end things off kind of honestly talking about some of the things that I aspire to do this summer, like traveling and just the financial aspects of that, quite honestly. And so that is why I have my guest Bridget Carroll on the show. She is a policy lead uh, for North America at WISE, and uh, she advocates for you know WISE's mission of instant, convenient, transparent, and eventually free cross-border payments vis-a-vis policymakers in the U.S., Canada, and beyond. And she is uh, currently based in Washington, D.C., but Bridget joined WISE's policy team in Brussels in 2019 and uh, also focused on EU policy. And prior to joining WISE, Bridget gained a 5-plus years of experience in public affairs and advocacy in Brussels at global communications firm Fleischmann Hillard and the American Chamber of Commerce to the EU. So uh, we are going to be dissecting and talking about, uh, you know, just how to kind of open up the borders in terms of how we move our money around, which has typically been very difficult to do with our our traditional banking system and how, uh, you know, how you could use a platform like WISE to open up those borders, whether it's for your personal finances or your business finances. And the reason I'm, you know, having uh, Bridget on the show is like, I was the one who discovered WISE maybe at the beginning of this year, because my husband was looking for a solution for his business. He, well, he he really wanted to figure out a way, how can I accept, you know, payments from my uh, clients in the US and the UK and not pay crazy fees, not to mention the, you know, bad or inflated uh, currency conversion rate that uh, he was getting. And so I started to look online because I, I also wanted to know, is there is there a better solution out there? And that's when I stumbled upon WISE, which is a uh, platform that he now uses all the time for his international clients. But then I also discovered this is actually a great platform for when you were you know, living internationally, like as like a digital nomad, or if you're traveling internationally and you're looking for a way to not just get gouged on all those, you know, foreign transaction fees and oh, all the fees that you pay that you may not even be aware of that you're paying because you're probably paying them. So I thought this was fitting as, you know, we are all kind of thinking about maybe our summer vacation plans and maybe you're looking for a way to how can we kind of cut costs, make, you know, stretch this travel budget a little bit. This may be a tool that you want to have in your toolbox. So that is why I have Bridget on the show. So without further ado, let's get to that final interview of season 16 of the More Money Podcast. Welcome, Bridget, to the More Money Podcast. I'm excited to have you on. Um, Let's dive right in. So for all of my listeners uh, who are, you know, who were like my husband, who who wasn't familiar initially with Wise Now uses it all the time, do you want to kind of share a little bit uh, about what is Wise? How did I get started? What's his history? Sure. Thanks so much for having me, Jessica. Um, So Wise used to be called TransferWise, mm-hmm. if you knew about us before. Um, we were founded about 12 years ago by two friends who realized that they were losing money transferring between the UK and Estonia uh, on a hidden exchange rate markup. Um, and so what they realized is there is a simpler and more transparent way to do that. Um, and so they created 
TransferWise, now WISE. And today we have 16 million customers around the world, uh, consumers and businesses. Um, and our mission really remains the same, instant, mm -hmm. convenient, transparent, and eventually free cross-border payments. We think sending money should be as fast as sending an email. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, since you just mentioned eventually free, that's usually not um, in most businesses, business future business plans. Why is that so important for WISE to, to really, you know, publicly state that this is one of their goals for the future? I think it's just with the thought that this is something that, like I said, should be as fast and easy as sending an email and money really is just data in a way, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So if it doesn't actually need to cross borders in a way, we can reduce a lot of those costs, a lot of those barriers and make payments faster and cheaper for consumers. And when you can do that at scale, the price becomes lower, obviously, over time. So that's really a long-term sort of vision, but it does guide us, I would say, like, in terms of our everyday, what we're trying to deliver for our customers, it is trying to go faster, be cheaper, be more convenient and more transparent. Mm -hmm. And I guess kind of the the benefit of doing that is to encourage more people to use the platform. I know you have 16 million um, users, which is a lot, but there's, you know, millions more people in the world that could probably use an account that is really, a, yeah, a cross-border account that, again, when I was doing research, I couldn't find anything um, quite like it. So let's talk a little bit more specifically about, you know, how does WISE work? How, how does it function? Um, what's involved in setting up an account? Absolutely. So the WISE account and WISE business are sort of our core offering. So as a consumer, you would have our WISE account. If you were a small business, you would use WISE business. Um, and so you can send, spend, receive, and convert money like a local with those accounts. Um, so, you know, think about if you're sending money to a friend across borders um, or spending money abroad or making and receiving international payments, you can do all those things. Um, and so, you know, Getting that set up, everything is digital, so it just takes a few clicks. It's pretty simple. Um, and then also to receive money on WISE, it's easy because you can have um, account details in 10 different currencies. So, for example, I can have Canadian account details. I can have uh, account details in Europe. So when, I, you know, when a friend needs to pay me back in Euro, they can do that as if I were there. And so it really just removes some of these... Um, not so fun barriers to kind of living an international life, which I did as well. And that's how I discovered WISE. Oh, do you want to kind of speak a little bit about your your personal experience? That's so interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm from Minnesota originally, so almost Canada. Uh, but mm -hmm. I moved abroad. I was studying abroad in Belgium. And then I stayed after for several years. And so had to do a lot of different international transactions. So um, paying tuition from the U.S. to Belgium, um, that was, I remember, and I was working on that with my parents as well. I think we paid $50 per transaction flat. So, you know, if you can't afford to send a huge lump sum, then you're going to lose out, right? So if you have to send 250, 500 at a time, um, that's really painful. And looking back, I didn't even realize there was a hidden margin in there that I that I wasn't even aware of, you know, if, unless you're able to do that complicated math. So I, I don't even want to think about how much money uh, that was lost during that very painful process. Uh, but then equally, you know, I have student loans, 
um, having to pay student loans while living abroad back home. And I don't know if this is um, actually the same in Canada, but in the U.S., you're forced to pay it from a domestic bank account. And so mm-hmm. yeah, sounds like it's similar. And that yeah, was actually a huge mm-hmm. barrier for me because luckily I kept a U.S. bank account. But if you, you know, it's expensive to keep an account open as well. So, you know, if you're truly living an international life, you're a Canadian studying abroad and you need to pay money back home, that's one really key way that WISE can help as well. So there are so many, I mean, I love talking to our customers about this too, because every time I talk to someone about WISE, everyone has sort of a different story to tell and like how it helped them. Um, And I think having been a customer originally, that really kind of drove me to want to join the company. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Um, So you mentioned that there's a lot of different account types. Um, I'm assuming when Wise got started, it started as like a personal account, then they expanded it into kind of different uh, types like business. Um, Do you want to kind of talk a little bit more about the the personal account? So, you know, for example, one thing that really drew me to Wise on the kind of personal side were were all the benefits when it came to international travel. Like when I think about um, what I typically do is like you go to the bank, you exchange your Canadian currency for foreign currency, which can be very expensive with the the um, foreign exchange rate that they give you and any kind of fees, or you use your credit card. And unless you have a credit card that has no foreign transaction fees, it can be very expensive. And so you're, you're paying, you know, an extra layer on top of a trip that's already going to be expensive. And so when I was, you know, kind of slowly planning our Europe trip for for next um hopefully summer. (laughs) This is something that we wanted to go in 2020 and then the world changed and put it on pause. And hopefully this will um, actually happen soon. I was starting to really look at WISE as a great solution. Do you want to kind of share a little bit more about what are some great um, uses for WISE's personal account? Absolutely. I mean, I think that's, that is one great example. So, you know, traveling, for example, a lot of friends that I talk to say, well, my bank or, you know, my car doesn't charge any international fees. And I would just encourage everyone to take a deeper look and really read the fine print there. Um, So that's one. Um, But that's exactly what I use WISE for. So I top up money onto my WISE account. I know I'm going to be in Europe next week. Um, I already have that money sitting in Euro. So I know that then when I use my WISE card, whether that's taking out cash, um, so saving on, you know, expensive ATM fees, Um, or spending with my card, I'm spending at the mid-market rate. So that's the rate you would see on Google or Reuters. And if you're a nerd like me, you look that up. But it's, you know, it just gives you that peace of mind to know you're not losing that extra few percent. And that can really add up on a trip. And then also, you know, people studying abroad, actually, a lot of people are moving abroad to um, retire as well, you know, just because of cost of living and things like that. That's a kind of a hot topic. And it just pains me when I see someone using their foreign uh, card, you know, over several months in one place. And it's like, really think about using WISE, because um, I think that's just such a great use case. Um, and then you can, with our, within our app, you can hold money in different balances. So um, another example, I have to deal with paying taxes cross-border, which is very complex. My tax advisor is based in Belgium, and he accepts um, money in euros. And he said most of his customers pay him via wise. (laughs) So it's just, it's a funny one. So he has a business account, but I'm paying him from my personal account, right? Personal account. 
Yeah, that makes a lot. I, I just even thinking about, you know, especially uh, in Toronto, there's a lot of, um, you know, snowbirds that go to Florida for the winter and come back here. And I, yeah, I'm curious what they do, but this would be obvi- like an obvious solution to have, you know, you're living or, or, you know, you know, there's lots of young people now taking sabbaticals or, you know, traveling the world and stuff like that. And thinking about how to set up your finances can be really tricky unless you have like there again, your bank won't allow you to have uh, a bank account in euros, you know, a Canadian bank. And so you have to figure out kind of how to set this up. So this could be a great way that you can prepare for that trip in advance, because I guess the other question uh, people may think is like, okay, let's say I'm Canadian and I want to go to, you know, I don't know, France for three months. It's, you know, dream. I want to write my big novel or something like that. Um, What would be the process of doing that? Because it's like, I don't have, you know, uh, euros. Would I, you know, put money into my Canadian wise account and then at a certain point decide to convert all of it? Or can I do it at different times? Yeah, absolutely. That's the great part, I think, is the flexibility. So let's say you have um, a wise account, you have Canadian dollars in there, you have some sitting in there, and then you can open a euro balance. You can do that today or you can do that when you get there. Um, And in reality, even if you haven't opened that euro balance, if you're spending in euro, we will pull it from your Canadian dollars, but that will always be at that real exchange rate. So even if you haven't had sort of the planning ahead, the thought to kind of say, okay, I'm going to hold those in Euro. We're doing that for you and you're not losing out on those fees. And it's really important, I think, too, like one of the tips that we share with uh, people spending time abroad or traveling is, you know, when you, you're you you're spending money at point of sale and it gives you like the two options, you always want to try to choose the local currency um, so that you're they're not sort of making a choice as to which exchange rate they're going to give you. So, and then that's great if you have a wise card that that'll works out seamlessly, right? You're saving money. It's convenient. Um, great. Yeah. Well, speaking a little bit more uh, about the wise card itself, it seems also like a great um, solution because I, I know a lot of people is like, I want to use like my debit card or I don't want to use my credit card. So this would be a great way for you to a, also like budget on your trip because you're like, this is our, our travel fund and you can see the balance in it and you're using it. It's it's a, you know, like a, it is a debit card. Um, you also have the option of like going to an ATM and withdrawing cash if that's something you want to do. There's lots of, do you want to kind of talk a little bit about how like the, the wise card works? How is it, you know, similar or different to a typical, you know, debit card. Yeah, that exactly right. I think what you were saying, I actually use it to budget for my trips ahead of time. So we have something called jars where you can sort of have buckets of money or we're about to get a, a golden retriever puppy and I've been kind of putting the money that we're saving for the puppy in there and it makes it really easy to sort of budget across and you can have those in different currencies as well. So that's super cool because if you know, you know, again, like, you know, you're going to the UK, you know, you can have that jar in pound. Um, then that's amazing because you already have that budget. And I think it's just that really, that ease of use. Um, I love seeing, you know, how close am I to like what my goal is for that and sort of keeping that money separate. It makes it really easy to budget. And I do think, again, like in the current context, everyone's thinking a lot about that. Um, So that's super important. Um, And I I feel like the other, like for me too, especially the reason why I usually gravitate towards like using my credit card um, on trips is so when I get back home, I can easily down those transactions, know exactly where every single dollar went. Whereas if I, if I pull out cash from an ATM, I am probably not going to keep every single receipt. And then I'll be like, how did I spend $500? Like, where did that money go? And so again, using the wise card, especially when you're using lots of different currencies, 
currencies. Like at the beginning of your trip, you're using Canadian dollars at the airport. And then you're maybe you're going to multiple countries on your trip, right? You're going to Europe, you're going to England, and you're going to be spending euros and pounds. It would be very difficult to try to, you know, organize all that information and also really understand how much, you know, what is that conversion? But I think, yeah, that's the, for me, looking at, you know, competitors and other kind of um, options really, I guess, for me is like the biggest benefit is like you're getting the lowest fees, you're getting pretty much the best foreign um, exchange rate, not getting that, you know, inflated exchange rate where most people, like you said, have no idea that they're paying any of this uh, on top of what they're or they're getting. And so that's just like a really important thing to, to keep in mind. But especially too is, you know, not just for, for travel, but as you know, more and more younger people especially are able to work remotely in like Costa Rica or whatever. Ever, this could be a great option. Absolutely, And also, I mean, we were using, I think, like Europe and the UK as examples, just because I think that's mm-hmm. the place that we all yeah. think about going on vacation yeah. <laughs> to. But, you know, the card can be used to spend in different currencies like a local in 170 countries. So this is, you know, also thinking about all those other destinations, like, let's not discount that. I think um, that's a huge plus in my mind. And also, you know, we think about I think because summer is coming up like all of our vacation, but you know, what about new Canadians and people who are sending money back home um, to different currencies, making sure that's fast, it's cheap. I think that's also a really big one. And I think um, Canada, we've seen that trend and, you know, especially with younger people, like digitally minded, right? It's just so convenient. Um, You can do it, you know, you forget, you don't have to go to a branch to fill out paperwork, to do something. It's just, it's, it's so easy to do from the comfort of your own home. Absolutely. I, I was just thinking of um, a client I used to work with a few years back and he lived in Canada, but he was originally from uh, Venezuela and he really wanted to make sure that he always had room in his budget so he can send money back home to his family. And we were trying to find a solution. And again, this was a, a few years ago. Um, and so he had this very, and he used to also live in the US. It was kind of a complicated banking situation, but he was trying to figure out what is the cheapest way that I can send money to my family. So I should actually probably hit him up, just be like, I don't know if you know about wise, but this may be better than, you know, he had to, he had his Canadian bank account that he sent money to his American bank account that also had, you know, fees just to hold. So he could then eventually send US dollars back home. And it was very complex. And yeah, there's lots of cases where, yeah, you want to send money back home or you want to receive money from like your parents, if you're an international student, things like that. And doing it through the traditional banking system may not be very easy. One thing I do want to um, just ask you and, and share as much as you uh, can, just because I always get questions about this when there is like a new digital, you know, fintech uh, platform is, is it safe? Can you kind of share a little bit more information about, um, you know, how is your your money? Where is your money kept? How is it kind of protected by WISE? Absolutely. So that's, you know, safety and security is obviously core to everything we do, right? We're in finance. So we need to make sure that our customers trust us and that we're doing everything we can to keep their money safe. Um, so we're a payment company, so we're not a bank. Actually, from the policy side, there is a new sort of law coming into force in Canada that will sort of put regulation on payment companies um, called the RPAA. Um, but not to get too techy there, um, a lot of the requirements that that introduces, WISE is already doing because we are regulated around the world in many different jurisdictions. So that means that any money that you store at WISE um, is being what we call 
segregated or safeguarded, separated from the company money and making sure that that's safe at the end of every day. So that's really core uh, to, I think, any financial product like a payment company like Wise. Um, and then, you know, of course, know your customer, um, AML, all of these things we are required to comply with globally, and we do that already in Canada. Um, so we're one, we think it's good that sort of these these new regulations are coming into force, but we're already doing most of these things. Um, and in terms of, you know, sort of stability, and I know in Canada, there's a handful of banks who are sort of at the core of the industry. I actually think, you know, flipping that kind of on its head a little bit, it's really important that we have a diverse range of options for Canadians. So if one, you know, bank or financial institution wobbles, there are there are other options, right? And it's also worth noting that we rely on banks for access to payment rails, um, kind of, you know, the plumbing that all the payments go through. And so important for us too, that we should also have access to those rails. So, you know, as a consumer, you don't see all these things from the outside, but actually these things will make a really big change in people's lives when it comes to sort of updating the plumbing and making sure people can have access to faster, cheaper payments. Absolutely. I think, yeah, it's just a, a bigger, I mean, it's always been a concern when there's a, a, always a, a new product. People are like, oh, I don't know about it. Like everyone's always just very suspicious, but especially as we've seen this past year with some of the U.S. banks failing, a lot of people are even a little bit more kind of uh, apprehensive. Um, so it's good to know that there are lots of safeguards in place and uh, that, yeah, you can feel safe. And I know, and I read this on uh, the WISE website as well, the big difference as well to to wise compared to a bank is you do not lend out your money. And I think that's the, the biggest thing. That's kind of why lots of these banks failed. They or you know, either lent too much money or or, you know, they did some risky investments that uh, did not work out so well. And that's definitely, you know, things that wise does not participate in. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, you know, we've are we've been doing this for you know, more than 10 years now. So although fintechs are new, you know, we've been doing this for a while. We are a public company now. We're regulated around the world by, you know, the Financial Conduct Authority in the UK, going to be regulated by the Bank of Canada starting early next year. So like we're at a mature point and it's always important to look at, you know, the products you're using, be aware, you know, read all the information you can, uh, but it's also in our interest to keep our customers' money safe. Mm -hmm, absolutely. So just one last thing, then we'll kind of move on to discuss business uh, accounts, which is how I, I first discovered it. Can you kind of speak a little bit more to because, you know, I've talked a little bit about how, you know, WISE is really at the forefront of making sure this not only transparency in terms of like what we're charging you, but also making sure those fees are low, you're getting the best um, uh, foreign exchange rate. Can you kind of speak to, to what are those fees? How do they compare? Why are they lower than some of the competitors out there? Absolutely. So our average fee sits at less than 1%. I think it's about 0.6566% compared to if you look at like the average uh, cost of cross-border payments, for example, from Canada to send a remittance that would sit around 6.5% according to the World Bank. Now, how do we lower these fees? Of course, financial technology, we use technology that helps us sort of fix a lot of the, I think, obstacles and the things that make payments expensive. At, you know, going back a little bit, why are cross-border payments so expensive? Because the correspondent bank model, which is the way basically that you would, if you went to your bank and sent money abroad, you know, 
banks have relationships with each other. There's something called Swift, which is like this messaging service. Um, and so what that means basically is you could have, you know, up to eight or 10 points, uh, different uh, banks that that payment is going through. And at every point, you're going to have costs added on. You're going to have time. It's going to slow the payment down. And so it's really just a matter of efficiency um, and kind of bringing this up to speed. And so, you know, the way essentially WISE works is that we have uh, one bank account in one country, like the US, one bank account in another country, let's say like Canada. And if I'm sending money via WISE from US to Canada, that's going to go into the WISE US account. Um, and then we're going to net out through the WISE Canada account. But really, if you think about it, that money isn't really technically crossing borders. It's just mm -hmm. an exchange of data that lets mm -hmm. us know, okay, you have, you need to net that out, right? Yeah. Now, of course, we still also rely a little bit on that traditional banking model for different currency routes. And, you know, that can imp impact the fees. But the ideal would be to remove all of these expensive and slow barriers. Um, and so really, if you think about it, it, it does make sense. I think from the outside, people sometimes are like, wow, it's, how could it be so much cheaper? Um, but I also think um, there is a certain status quo when it comes to high fees across the industry. And unfortunately, I do think some providers have seen that as long as consumers don't understand what they're paying, they can continue to charge high fees. And we just, one, don't agree with that, but two, think consumers will find that out um, and realize, you know, what am, what am I actually paying for? Um, and, you know, everyone should be able to charge what they want. But the most important thing, and I think in Canada, this is a, a big topic right now, is like making sure consumers have broader choice and are able to make that choice, that they're not being tricked, um, that they understand how much they're, you know, paying before making the payment, and I think that's really core kind of to what we do, but we'd love to see that across the industry. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a, a big parallel would be, and I talk about this on the show all the time, is investment fees. Most people have no idea that they're yeah. paying high fees on their mutual funds or their their um, you know portfolios, and it's like, yeah, you're if you're working with a financial firm, they're probably taking one percent of your assets under management. If you have a mutual fund, you're probably paying two point five percent on your assets under management. And most people, again, it's embedded; you don't know. And the exact same thing is happening here. And what we have seen in the the financial sphere, the investment um, space, is you know a lot more innovation in products to get those fees lower. So I'm sure we'll see this in this space as well. So moving a little bit more to the business account. So like I've kind of uh, mentioned, I discovered WISE when my husband asked me, is there a way that I can accept international payments? He had some clients in the US, he had some in the UK, and it was getting so expensive using some other um, platforms to accept payments or to send uh, payments. It was very frustrating, especially too. It's like he's a small business person. He, you know, is a freelancer. Um, it was really uh, cutting into his income ultimately and so that's when I did some research and found wise and he's been using it ever since and he's literally told uh, this is not like that's amazing <laughs> not getting, yeah he, he literally <laughs> told me yesterday he's like oh man I'm so glad I you know use this it saved a ton of money and fees which is great because then it also too um, motivates him to continue to work with international clients instead of feeling like I should just do domestic clients only because it's too expensive the fees are um, so so with that do you want to kind of share a little bit more about what is the difference between a business account versus a personal account what are some of the other things that are involved the the benefits the functionality yeah so with wise business you know think of your personal account but basically built for sort of small businesses so 
uh, online, digital only, multi-currency account. Um, you can make payments. You can get paid. You can spend money around the world, again, with that real exchange rate. Um, I think that's important, too, because you'll see with some other providers, um, they'll give different fees for consumers and businesses. And so um, you can use this account to pay invoices, buy inventory, and also handle payroll in 70 countries. And I think one of the things we're trying to do is solve more of those problems. I think the small businesses, especially, you know, in Canada in a trading economy where, you know, growing uh, internationally and being able to compete uh, and work with people around the world is really important. Um, we're trying to solve some of these problems that small businesses face, help them organize their finances, um, you know, make it stress-free, really. We all know, I mean, as a consumer, you've gone and done a cross-border payment probably in person. And now imagine having to do that all the time as a business. Um, and it's just super costly. And there's no reason that it should be. No. And, and just even just thinking about some of the ways that I would use it or even uh, my husband, well, me more specifically, because most of my business expenses in the form of subscriptions or, you know, programs, they are I get billed in USD and I haven't had, I used to have a USD account um, years ago, but again, it's the cost really didn't make any sense for me to hold that account um, for the the monthly fees and all that kind of stuff. And so this would be a great way to set up if you are going to earn some USD, you can ha then put that into your USD wise account, pay your USD business expenses so you can get rid of that layer of, you know, money that you're losing from trying to pay from Canadian and then, you know, with your credit card or what have you. So there's lots of, yeah, amazing use cases. But also, like, I think the big benefit, especially is this really does open up who could be your customer. I know a lot exactly. of people, especially in Canada, are very maybe resistant to opening up, you know, oh, I'll do US and Canada, but that's it. But this is a great way where it's like, yeah, there's so many different countries that you can open it up to and different currencies that you could potentially, you know, sell your products in, which is, I think, really um, amazing. And uh, the other kind of uh, thing, too, is although this is for small businesses, I know there is like a, a different option for like bigger businesses. But when you think of expanding your business, hiring um, staff, employees, and around the world, this is a great way to also maybe try to pay them in their home currency, which is pretty cool. Exactly. And I think that's one of the things, one of the key challenges that we hear is, you know, when you have employees abroad or vendors abroad, you know, when you go through sort of the traditional correspondent banking model, oftentimes you won't know how much actually ends up at the other other end, or you have like additional fees tacked on that you weren't foreseeing. And when a vendor needs to have the exact amount for the goods and services, that creates a lot of problems and a lot of headaches for small businesses. So just as simple as knowing I can send exactly this amount, you know, to Brazil or wherever that is, and I know this is what they're going to receive and I'm not going to have any issues with, because that breaks trust as well, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a headache all around. So things like that, I think are just one aspect of the benefit of the business account. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, you know, I'm sure I, I feel like there was actually in my inbox when we were preparing for this interview, there was like some new, <laughs> new features that just launched there that I was just allowed to finally talk about. Did you want to kind of share a little bit about what is it Interacty Transfer? Yeah. What is what's what's this new feature involved with Interacty Transfer and why so we have launched our Interact eTransfer, which is an auto deposit feature. Um, so it makes it easier to receive money into a Canadian WISE account. 
Um, so there's different ways to receive money on your WISE account, but this one just makes it easier for Canadians. Um, and that's in collaboration with People's Trust. Um, so personal account customers can now activate their uh, Canadian dollar WISE balance to receive money from Interact. So check it out. See, check your app and, and see how it works. Yeah, no, that's I think that's great because I mean, I think that's kind of the number one in Canada way that we as Canadians send money to and from each other. So having that functionality, I think will help a lot of Canadians. Are there any other kind of things in the pipeline, anything that you can kind of share that people can maybe expect or or, or just any, you know, bigger plans that uh, Wise hopes to kind of continue to work on for customers to uh, enjoy? Yeah, you mentioned what we call now WISE platform, which is, you know, we have the the customer, like consumer account, personal account, let's say, um, business account, like your husband uses. Um, and then finally, why, something we call WISE platform, which is where we're essentially plugging our technology into other financial institutions, banks, et cetera, so that they can have international payments powered by WISE. Um, and, you know, this is a ecosystem issue, you know, fixing international payments, making it cheaper for Canadians, um, making it faster. And so we're really hopeful that, you know, by working with others, you know, we're not just an island here, uh, we can really improve payments for Canadians and for people around the world. You know, we're living in a more globalized world. And I, I don't think people are going away from living cross border. I think if anything, we're seeing more of this. So excited to see how that impacts you know, hopefully our reach around the world as well. Okay, so with that, actually, that that reminds me, I remember a while ago, too, there was a connection between EQ Bank and WISE. Uh, so that might be, be kind of, you know, what you were uh, chatting about. Uh, can you kind of explain what what is that partnership all about? Yeah, so we're integrated with EQ Bank. Um, and so we let customers use the power of WISE uh, from the convenience of their EQ Bank account. So I think it's important just to say, you know, you might not actually have a WISE account. You might already be using us. Um, and so check that out if you do use EQ. Um, and like I said, this is something that with our WISE platform, we're hoping will continue in Canada, giving Canadians more choice, cheaper options, faster options, more convenient options. Absolutely. Amazing. Well, uh, before I let you go, where can people find more information about WISE? I know there's some great resources. I like did a big deep dive on the website. Uh, but yeah, where can, you know, any other social media platforms and, and, and the website, where can people find more information about WISE? Yeah, WISE.com. Download our app on the App Store. Um, and I think we have a lot of fun blogs out right now about travel and living abroad. So do check that out. We've got an awesome lineup of blogs. And um I don't know, talk to your friends. You know, I think from the beginning, WISE was a huge sort of word of mouth. I found out about WISE from a Scottish friend um, and who was like, you got to use this. And so I just think uh, still today, you know, we hear a lot of those stories. So, you know, if you're looking for a solution, you're going to be living abroad, traveling abroad, you have family abroad, you know, talk to friends, see, you know, what they're using. And if they say um, they have no fees, I would, I would <laughs> encourage them to take a deeper look. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, nothing in life is truly free. Um, what I've discovered, especially when it comes to financial products. So it's important to know, okay, what are the fees and and how are they structured? How are they potentially embedded? And just understand, yeah, what your options are, because there may be an option like Wise that has significantly lower fees out there that may be a good solution for you. So Bridget, it was so uh, amazing having you on the show. I appreciate you sharing all that information and also your personal story in connection to it. Um, so thank you again for for joining me. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much, Jessica. And that was episode 373 of the More Money Podcast with Bridget Carroll. She's the policy lead North America at WISE. You can find more information about WISE and, you know, test drive it and sign up if you want at WISE.com. And you can find uh, them on Twitter at WISE, on Instagram at WISE account, and also on Facebook slash wise. Uh, I will link to everything so you can easily find it in the show notes for this episode, jessicamorehouse.com slash 373. Um, but yeah, you know, check it out. See if it uh, is the solution you've been looking for. Just like literally, I'm not even joking. I was talking to my husband the other night at dinner, um, telling him I was going to record this episode. He's like, literally, it's something I use all the time. And he's saved so much money in fees, which is great. It's been great for his business. And I'm excited to use it on our trip uh, abroad whenever that will be. Hopefully it's sooner rather than later. Actually, no, it is going to be sooner rather than later. He literally just, like this morning, booked us a trip to Mexico, which I'm very excited about. He was able to find a deal. We've been looking for a long time and we had plans to go to like, you know, we hadn't been to a, a, a resort, a Mexican resort since 20. 20- 18 maybe and we were meant to go we booked a trip in like for late 2021 and it was after Christmas and we were so excited I booked it like almost a year in advance thinking that the world would have gotten better by then and no Omicron happened we had to cancel it we had to cancel it and now it's 2023 and I just want to go on vacation for like five days Back to back days. All I just need a, I just need a vacation, guys. I just need a vacation. So that won't be happening until um, around Christmas time or something like that. So, but I've got lots of time to save up. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do: save up and put it uh, in my little travel fund in uh, my Wise account, so I can uh, not be gashed by fees. So, uh, yeah, final episode, guys. Uh, let me just get to all the reminders since this is gonna be the last time I speak to you until season 17 of the show, which will launch sometime in September. Okay, first and foremost, this is kind of your final reminder. If you want to enter to win any of the books that have been featured on this season of the show, I'm giving away a ton of books, ton of books. And this is, uh, like I've mentioned on previous episodes, this is the only place that I promote this. I think I I put the link in the show notes for this episode, talk about it on the podcast, sometimes promote it in my email newsletter that goes out like once a month. So I do not blast this to my all my followers on, on all my platforms. No, I, I want to make sure that these books go to my wonderful podcast supporters. So go to jessicamorehouse.com slash contest to enter to win. I'm giving away a ton of copies. This could be one of the books that you read this summer. So go do it. JessicaMorehouse.com slash contest. And next, if you have been maybe just you're new to the podcast or maybe you've been listening for a while and you've never really, you know, you still know you you have some work to do in terms of organizing your finances. You need some help with that. Check out all the variety of budget spreadsheets I have for download on my website. They are cheap. They're like 30 bucks Canadian. So if you're American or you know, outside of Canada, that means it's going to be even cheaper for you because our currency is 
not as good as yours. Um, and uh, yeah, they have. I have a budget spreadsheet for pretty much every scenario I could think of, whether you're self-employed, employed, have a side hustle, whatever. Go to jessicamorehouse.com slash shop. You can find all of the budget spreadsheets in there. There's also a little quiz to help you figure out which is the best spreadsheet for you and your situation. So check it out. It is a very easy to use comprehensive spreadsheet that will help you organize your finances so you can finally feel like you're a bit more in control of your your financial life. And speaking of your financial life, if you, you know, listen to the show and you're like, gosh, I really need to get, you know, organized with my, you know, investments. I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, you will want to check out my wealth building blueprint for Canadians. Of course it is just for Canadians. I'm sorry for anyone who isn't Canadian uh, listening, but I want to build something specific for Canadians because guess what? There are a ton of courses out there for Americans. And uh, the information is not the same. We have different tax rules. We have different accounts. We have different things going on in Canada. So I want to make something specifically for my Canadian uh, you know, podcast listeners. So check it out. It is all about the fundamentals of investing, all of the things that you need to know about investing, but then also how to actually invest on your own, either through a robo-advisor or self-directed DIY investing, so you don't have to use an advisor. Now, the course has been around for two and a half years at this point, which is really exciting. And uh, there's a just over 400 students. And yeah, it's it's a good one. It's a good one. It's by application only. That's why there's not thousands and thousands of students in there. I do not let everyone in. It is uh, to make sure that people that enter the course are actually motivated and will do the course and do the thing. I don't want you just to buy the course and never touch it, never do anything. I want you to take it. I want you to learn from it. I want you to take action so you actually start doing something different with your investments. So check it out. All the information about what you can expect is on the website. You can apply. If you are a good candidate for the course, we will have a call one-on-one with me and I will be blocking off some time in the summer. So you will probably want to uh, register or, you know, apply as soon as possible. I usually get back in terms of approvals fairly quickly. But um, this is if you want to enter the course before the meet of the summer, like July, basically, I'm not going to be doing any calls, then you're going to want to uh, apply sooner rather than later. So you can get in touch with me and enter the course. And not sure if I mentioned the link for that, but it's jessicamorehouse.com slash course. That is where you can find it. You can find all the information about pretty much everything I talk about on my website, jessicamorehouse.com. And last thing, I guess, before I go, because this is kind of the the most important thing and, and the last thing I, I just want to remind you about. So, of course, too, even though I'm ending this season I and kind of taking the summer off from the podcast. You can still reach me over email, DM on Instagram, what have you. I'm still going to be around. Hopefully I can also make some more YouTube videos. I've been kind of slacking on that a little bit because I've been busy writing a book. If you don't know, if you missed the past couple episodes that I did share, hey, I'm writing a book through HarperCollins. Um, well, I am, and <laughs> I'm in the thick of it, and I have to finish it by the end of the year. And uh, part of that is uh, also gathering stories from real people like yourself so I can integrate them into the book so everyone can see themselves inside the book. It's not just a book that's, you know, quoting people or me talking about my life. I want to have a variety of stories in there because I love reading books. 
looks like that. So if you want to submit your story or be considered, go to jessicamorehouse.com slash interview. And that is where you will find the application form. You can fill in some of your info. If you're a good fit and I want to reach out to you for an interview, then I will do that. So uh, just put your details in there. I'm gathering uh, all this you know, details and, and, and stories from people until honestly I finish the book. So don't think you've missed the boat. Just even if you're listening to this in the future, just put your details in there. And once I'm done collecting stories, then I'll just have a page on there saying, sorry, you know, no more submissions. Thank you. But if it's still accepting submissions, please submit your info and uh, I might get in touch with you and your story might appear in my book. So uh, with that, I think that's pretty much all I've got to say. Um, Again, I I do want to say a big thank you so much to supporting this podcast. And I don't think I've ever actually acknowledged that we've crossed the eight-year anniversary mark. Like, this show has been on the air. I've been producing this show um, for eight years. That is wild. Almost 400 episodes this is a crazy thing. And uh, I couldn't have been able to do this without your support, you listening to these episodes, you telling your friends and family to check it out. So I want to say a big thank you for for doing that. And I'm excited to hit nine years, and then eventually 10 years to be able to say that I've had a podcast for a decade. That's wild to me, and it's going to happen. And I'm so excited about it. So Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, we're going to come back here. We're going to keep on having amazing guests on the show come September at some point. I haven't decided what the schedule is going to look like, but sometime in September, I'm sure I'll have the, the first episode. But I will, you know, let you guys know on my Instagram or if you're on my uh, email newsletter, jessicamorehouse.com slash subscribe is where you can get on there. Or if you like download my budget spreadsheet or something like that. You can probably get on the list that way as well. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for for the future. So it's exciting times. So that is it for me. Shout out finally, you know, final shout out for the season to my podcast editor, Matt Rideout. And I just wish you having the best summer ever. Get outside, do some summer activities, um, enjoy nature, Go on your porch or your balcony and have, you know, some rosé for me. And I will see you back here in a few months. Have an amazing break and recuperate. I'll see you soon. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.